Hi everybody, it's Em here. Welcome to series five of the Lovejoy Actually podcast. Um, just wanted to say these first few episodes were recorded during the summer of 2020 and they're done remotely, which will explain any audio issues you might hear. Um, follow us on social media at Lovejoy Apod and you'll be the first to know when we're recording in person once again. Love joy, actually. <laughs> yeah, we starting. Sorry. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, welcome, listeners, to series five. Ah, drum roll. How did we get to series five? Some sort of drum roll. I quite and Helen, Helen's beginning where it was like we'd forgotten how to speak on a podcast. <laughs> Well, it's like that thing when you come back from school. I bet all the kids are going to do this after lockdown, where you come back from school and you can't remember how to write. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you haven't written all summer holiday. And your your arm really hurts if you write, yeah, like... Yes. You write, like, three lines. Yeah. Oh, my wrist, how about... I can't hold up... My fingers are bending back. Yeah, that kind of thing. I feel a bit like that, even though... Even though, uh, yeah, no, I've, yeah, I've just proven that I feel a bit like that, vocally, <laughs> so to speak. I, but Helen is back. Helen is back permanently with us. Yay! Woo! I think I'm back permanently, because I, I, this is doable, right? Because obviously we're all, we're all still remote listeners. We're not actually, you know, we're supposed to be indoors with each other yet. So we're all still doing this at a distance, a safe distance. Although yeah. hopefully by the time you're listening to yeah. this, that will be a distant memory. Uh, yeah. Oh, but fingers like, crossed. Was, but it, just, probably was not. it just a fevered dream that I had? <laughs> Four-month dream of weirdness. But here we are. Technically, it's September. It's September. It's, it's September now. This That's is serious. So, yeah, so back, the back-to-school references are very appropriate. It's like we knew when we were going to broadcast it and everything. Uh, so we need to introduce <laughs> ourselves. Sorry, I am Paul. I'm Helen. Oh, I'm Em. Sorry, I was taking a gulp of my wine. <laughs> Excuse me. So, yeah. So can you believe it? We've made it to series five. I don't know what we're going to do after this. Well, obviously series six, but I mean, after that. Uh, <laughs> our that lives will be empty. <laughs> our lives will be empty. Our lives will be true. empty. So series five, episode one. And kicked off in style because it's a Terry and Baz. Yeah. I was absolutely delighted to see it was those two. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm ready. Bring it on, Terry. Bring it on, Baz. But yeah, it's a Terry and Baz episode. And it's called Pig in a Poke. Now, I don't think I've ever... I know that's an expression, but it's one of those expressions where I've heard it, but I've never no, really known what it means. I've looked what does it, it up. Mean? Ah. Linguistic reference. <laughs> <laughs> Pig in a poke is a very, very old phrase and it refers to the act of uh, going to market to sell pigs uh, and then selling somebody uh, a cat in a bag because they think it's a piglet. <laughs> so you tell them it's a pig, it? it feels as heavy as a pig, you sell it. And poke has the same etymology as pocket. Oh, oh there you go. So it's like basically... Oh, which I, I love a pocket. So, when so, you say it's a, just love a pocket. so when you say it's a pig in a poke, it means it's like... You think you're getting something, but you're getting something else. You're yeah, getting you, conned, you, basically. Yeah, especially when you buy something and you haven't actually seen it. Like, do you remember that con? I don't know if it would have happened where you guys went to university, but that con <laughs> where somebody would say, um, so they'd, they'd like say, oh, I've got these really expensive speakers. Um, they're like 500 quid, but they're a, bit, they're a bit dodged, so you can have them for 50. And they give you the box. Like, you look at them, they package it up, they give you the box, and you get home, it's just got bricks in it. And I've seen people do it on mobile phones as well. Go, oh, look, these no. are nicked. You can have it for a tenner. And then they give you, like, 
the, the bag you and you open spend it. Spend your life gone. buying things in pubs. Yeah, off <laughs> yeah, dodgy well, places. No, sounds like something off only for so that, so that's a pig in a poke. Yeah, that okay. is a pig in a poke. So this this is obviously as you know the title's got a double meaning. So there's pig in a poke, something that you think is something else, but also there's actual pigs. pigs. There's actual pigs. There's <laughs> Despite actual pigs. UK TV play completely d- cheating me by yes. trying to get this out of the way now. I'm so mad about it. The thumbnail for this episode on UK TV play is Ian McShane um, in character as Lovejoy, surrounded by beautiful <laughs> puppies and dogs. Yes. And he's got some lovely about really five happy. dogs. But it's there a are no dogs. It's a beautiful picture, but there's no dogs in this episode. There's no dogs. Not either dogs in like a dog in this episode. There's no dogs. Lots of pigs, though, and lots of very good lines. Oh, yeah. And, and no, no Charlie Gimbert, which is I think is good, because I've had a bit too much Charlie Gimbert recently. Yeah. So there's no, we open Sans Gimbert, which is always good. Yeah. So, <laughs> Song Gimbert. So, so, Song Gimbert. The UK TV play little summary that they like to have. Um, as usual, <laughs> this is the summary of this one. Lovable rogue Lovejoy is at it again in the light-hearted drama. So again, the cliche. What is he at? What is he at? He's it. at it. The, it. He's at it. It sounds like something my grandma would have yeah. said. And also, he's been at it, it again. It's so cliche, lovable rogue, and also light-hearted. I know it is a light-hearted drama, but as we've discussed, this one was quite it sometimes deals with the, you know moderate peril. Yeah, and um, deeper issues. Yeah. So, so the actual plot is summarised in the following sentence: Lovejoy sells a set of dodgy Gilray prints to a friend of Jane's, and soon the police become involved. Hmm. Kind I mean, of, well, doesn't uh, mention they don't get the main... because of the prints, do they? I wouldn't think that that was actually the main plot. I think I don't know if that's almost trying to put you off the scent. I thought the main plot was about the bronze, really. Oh, exactly. I suspect there the is a bronze. Writes, there is another bronze. We haven't had a bronze for not since the Benin bronze. Mm. I suspect In the person fact, who writes the um, little blurb thing just watches like the first ten minutes, then goes, "Oh, it's obviously about this." There's always at least three plots in Lovejoy, as we know. Um, so uh, anyway, but I quite like the opening. I realised I've watched this fairly recently because it was on yesterday. I was in the mm. channel yesterday. And whenever I'm at my parents, they always just seem to have... It's a bit like Marv said. It always just seems to be on and no one's yeah. watching it. So it's <laughs> often on when I'm at my parents. And it opens with Jane doing Amdram. And I'm not sure we've seen her do Amdram before, but it's just not surprising at all no, that Jane uh, would be involved in Amdram. I don't think we even Amdram. knew that she Love does Amdram, it. but like you say, it was completely... We just went, oh. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I of course. absolutely adored it. I just yeah, love I a bit of Amdram. And I haven't been to the theatre for ages, whether that's and like none the of West have... End or just a local one. <laughs> yeah. So Jane's in this Amdram and they're doing... It's a kind of a cutaway between Lovejoy, who's in the rain, going to his lockup to move a desk or something, and then sees these flowers and remembers, oh, sugar, Jane's in the play, I've got to go to the play. While Jane's, she bought flowers, yeah, bless him. And Jane's acting, and she's doing that thing where, you know when you're on stage, but you, you really only want one person to be there to see you, and it doesn't matter if there's, like, 40 people there, you really want that one person to be there, and she just keeps sort of looking out into the audience yeah. and missing, missing her lines. Cause but Eric like, and Tinker there... Did you notice the bit where I thought this was very charming? Where um, there was a line in the play that she was in that that was uh, "You're a damn loser, LJ." Yeah, yes. I was like, oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, it was very cleverly written. It was very Terry, actually. If you sort of showed us a load of episodes and said who wrote this, I think you'd be able to pick some of them or pick the Terry ones out, and maybe yeah. the ones. Um, yeah. 
the, the who was the guy who wrote all was it Douglas Watkinson wrote a few as well you could probably pick those out she did look good in 20s gear though didn't she she did she looked very beautiful her hair was she looking got the nice. figure for it mm. and the hair was looking lovely and, uh, which mine is not at the moment did no. we notice we who, the, who the actor was that she went off with or her character went off with in the end it's Toby no. Jones it was that Toby was it. Jones of course it was Toby Jones oh, that was it that's really st- Teddy Jones in a bit part. It was very bizarre. It was, um, yeah, it was very, very pleasing because in my head, me and my friend have got this thing where we truly believe that um, when a character, if it's the same actor who's in lots of different things, whatever their first role is, that's who they really are. So now in my head, Toby Jones started out in Amdram in... (laughs) Lavenham. (laughs) Yeah. Even though I know that's not true, I will go to my deathbed believing that now. It's all got conflated in my mind. Um, I did quite like the room. I've written room full of lovies. Oh, meanwhile, I've written, God, I hate actors. I hate directors. This Bernie guy is an absolute arse. He turns up covered in <laughs> lipstick, calling everybody darling. It was yeah, all so... But they are, I, there are actors like that, I've seen, particularly in Amdram. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, so I they say there aren't any not like that, are there? No. <laughs> So Bernie is the director of this Amdram production. Well, yeah. Um, so And he clearly has ideas slightly above his station. But prior to this, so Lovejoy has turned up for the last five minutes of the play and he's got his opera glasses out, like in the in the Civic Centre or whatever, and uh, <laughs> probably not necessary. Do you get the feeling Eric and Tinker were just staring at tips? No, because Eric was very much enjoying the play and kind of saying to Tinker, stop it, behave, behave That's correctly true. in the theatre. And I was like, well done, Eric. Man and although I realised he was looking at paintings, obviously, as well. Yeah, but Lovejoy I, wonder, get... I, d- I doubt that primarily his aim was to look at paintings. Sorry, Helen. <laughs> no, it's the same. Lovejoy gets the opera glasses out and, yeah, and clearly spots, like, some some goodies on the stage, on the set. <clears throat> and, and then some paintings. Afterwards, they're, uh, they're <laughs> moseying around looking at them. And this is, where, this is where James Gilray comes in, who is real, I think. He yeah. is. I looked him up. Yes. I thought, do you know what? I thought, I wonder if he's real. And then I thought to myself, I'm going to do some research. We're into series five now. It's got serious. <laughs> I think so it's I, quite sweet so that we've, we've approached this this whole podcast as though it is 1993. And we can't <laughs> just go and look things up go unless we go to the library or something. I'm just like, oh, I can't find out about that. Like in the Da Vinci Code. To the library. <laughs> I, I looked him up and I don't think... Oh, yes, I did write something about him. There you go. I wrote info. He is a British caricaturist with works in the National Portrait Gallery. Thank you. Yeah, so late late eighteenth century political satirist, and I think I've seen some of his stuff. Actually, yeah, I think he, I've actually he, heard of him. He did a thing with a big map that I think was then there was a version or or a very similar thing by Grayson Perry mm. that was in the style of Gil. I'm ninety nine percent sure. I'll put it on our but Instagram. If, yeah, if it isn't, if it's bollocks, either take it out or leave it and make me look like the philistine that I am. Um, uh, um, and they got the topical joke. Yeah, topical the topical joke where they have the feet of the du- Duke and Duchess of York in a compromising position, but just oh, the yes. feet. And then um, Tinker's like, oh, this is the feet of the Duchess of York. History repeating itself. <laughs> but what year did they divorce? Because this would have been, what, the beginning of 93? Three, would it? Or when no, the 90, we're 92? Now, aren't we? I'm, uh, let's no, just going to look at the final series was 94. I was going to ah. look at the, the date. But um, but yeah, I mean, for our younger listeners, you won't understand the topical joke there. This is a reference to uh, Fergie. Um, this episode was broadcast on the 5th of September 1993. <laughs> not Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas. No. Oh, yeah, not Sarah Fergie. Ferguson. 
Yeah, Sarah, Fergie, Sarah Ferguson, Fergie the Duchess of York, erstwhile and, Duchess of York, and presumably Prince Andrew in his no sweating phase, <laughs> in his Pizza Express era. Was it with Prince Andrew though? Wasn't it with some random some other guy? In... It was. Oh um, yeah, sorry. Oh, I was gonna. Hang on, what? She was married to Prince Andrew. Yeah, though, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I just, I just wanted to throw in a topical Prince Andrew reference involving Pizza Express and some sweat. Excellent. That's all. Who yeah. was sucking her toes? Because I was thinking it was that ginger one with the curly hair, but that was Lady no, Di, that's wasn't it? Diana. Yeah. So, so very young. Just explain to our people, our, or, or foreign listeners who may also be unaware. Although she's quite big in the states, isn't she, Fergie? Mm, um, she is. Were there like cassettes discovered or something where someone was confessing to having sucked her toes? Maybe and it was a lover. And this is part during the divorce or contributed to the divorce from Prince Andrew. I think this was just post Annus Horribilis. There was some great shit going on around. It was quite hilarious. I remember the pictures of this. I remember seeing the pictures and thinking, oh, is that what people do? I can't wait to do that. I know, because obviously I was like 12 years old at the time. So I was like, (laughs) I was thinking, oh my God, do I have to do that one day? I don't (laughs) want to do that. Have you, have you watched the Windsors though? Because I love the way they do Fergie and and uh, Beatrice and Eugenie in the Windsors. They're like Beatrice, Eugenie, and they're just so good. They are so brilliant. I'd love to be. I just want to do voices for that sort of thing. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I've gone off enough. What were you going to say about Gilroy? What other prints do they have? So they have the. So they've got the one with the the Duchess of York's feet, which is quite racy for the time. Um, I can't remember. We don't really get to get to see. They've got the, the one prints. with the pig. That is the satire on um, the establishment sucking the life out of society. I might have got that. Yeah, so like there's a big sow and all these little piglets suckling at her, and the caption is something like "more pigs than teats," and it's saying like, "Yes, more pigs than teats." All the establishment are sucking the yeah, sucking the state dry basically. So, and as they say, "plus ça change." Plus Um, ça change. And, uh, I have to say, I liked this as a bit of art because it's finally got to the sort of thing that I really like. I mean, I know I'm kind of, spoiler alert on my Antique of the Week, but I do love this sort of stuff. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's great. So they're rummaging around looking at these prints. Jane is not impressed because she just wants them to, like, celebrate her. And obviously they're drinking champagne. As she said, there's a few instances in this episode of drinking champagne, but this is probably the one where they're drinking it at the beginning rather mm. than the end, as they normally do. But, um... Yeah, so Jane's not impressed with Lovejoy rummaging around on the set. There's a brilliant, <laughs> a brilliant moment as well, um, where they like all the lovies are discussing about God. I think it's Bernie, the director, says, "Oh yes, I'm planning. Um, I think the time is right for Caligula the musical." <laughs> yes, <laughs> which is brilliant. And I don't know if we've talked before about um, Lovejoy the musical. Is there I a think, Lovejoy I, musical? I well, we I think they could. One. Well, there should, should be. There be. Well, we can do it as a skit in our hour-long show because I've written at least twenty minutes of it. So let's yeah. add on a five, ten-minute Lovejoy the musical bit. We oh, could do it quite excellent. easily. That would be a good ten-minute sketch, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, I could definitely write some Lovejoy the yes. musical. We'll do I it mean, we take a poll. Probably better um, than me. Well, I so say we we know that uh, there should be one because we know that uh, Ian McShane can sing. So back to the first, the opening party. So they get, so Lovejoy gets introduced to Bernie, the director, and basically it's like, oh, I love those prints. Who's, where'd you get them from? And he manages to convince Bernie to tell him who they are. Who, they belong to Mr. Murphy, who's some like Scottish farmer. Um, and he obviously doesn't know what they're worth because they're clearly worth a lot of money, which is why Lovejoy's interested. And um, Lovejoy's like, what, you know, how much do you want for them? And basically anyway, he ends up buying them for 600 quid. 
I love cash. the printer at but the yeah, farm. Basically, it's all very, like, he's, like, he seems very, like, unprofessional. And then suddenly he's, like, scanning barcodes for the prints and then printing out the invoice. Yeah, on a, do- like, on a dot matrix. matrix dot matrix, I wrote that down. Oh, oh do you know what? The noise That's actually... You see, that was going to be... Oh, so many antiques of the week to potentially choose here. The, the uh, 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 noise of the dot matrix printer made me feel quite nostalgic for a minute. It did me too. It gave me a little... A little shiver. I've written, oh, it was actually, the noise of the printer. And it was actually on that printer paper as well, wasn't it, I think? You know, that, that yeah, special that paper the, with the, the holes down both sides. sides. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then, literally the loveliest jumper I've ever seen. Eric wearing just the most delightful jumper that actually made me go and get out a snuggly jumper and put it on. Really? I, I just thought, oh, I, lo- I love a big chunky jumper. They must have filmed this I mean, episode. I do, but not in, not in like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really July. Hot at the but they must have filmed this episode when it was absolutely freezing because in some yeah, scenes it I was looked that. rotten. With oh, cold. it looked so dreary, didn't it? As well yeah. at the end. We'll come to it. I was like, this is so depressing. Um, there's another topical reference as well when he's buying the prints. They're like, he just says, "Oh, I know there's a recession on." It's like I feel like there's always a recession oh, yes. on nowadays, you know. So yeah. they, um, Eric's in his lovely jumper at Mr. and Mrs. Brodie's house because that's who've, uh, well, Mrs. Brodie's bought this desk as a gift for oh, her yes. husband. Well, they're she's... not at her house. Right, yeah. oh, they go they to her they? house. Well, no, she's buying furniture initially, isn't she? Yeah. Oh yes, sorry, she's at the shop and being really stupid. Um, she likes the prints, especially the pigs. I've written, woman buying furniture for husband who likes pigs. I've just written it very much as it is here. I was not... <laughs> whereas, I, whereas I've written, surprise, surprise, one of Jane's friends wants to buy a weird birthday present for someone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the plot of every episode. Oh, at least she's original then. My aunt and uncle want to buy, you know, so so Jane's friend Annie Brodie wants to buy her husband a desk, but the way she talks, like, the husband couldn't give a shit about the desk. She she actually says, his idea of a good present is an unusual pig. And I'm like, why did you buy him an unusual pig? I love the idea that I came round to get a desk. So, you two, your birthdays are coming up. I'm not sure what either of you... If I bought you a pig, your first response wouldn't be, oh, no, that's just a normal pig. I only yes, want I an, unusual want an unusual pig. Like, if I turned up with a pig can to you either of me, your parties... Oh, can you get me a micro pig for my birthday? There's no such thing as micro pigs. It's a, a, mic- it's a, a scam. They sell you oh. a piglet and say it's a micro pig because they're tiny. <laughs> and then it grows up. Then it grows I up love that. Because there's only I big love pigs. That. It's just there's a no piglet. There's no such thing as a micro pig. That's like... That's a bit like ECO Trot, isn't it? <laughs> no such thing as a micro pig. No such thing as a micro pig. It's just a piglet. It's, it's just, just a, a small pig. In fact, that would be selling you a pig in a poke, wouldn't it? Oh, it would, but it would be an actual pig. <laughs> it's a bit confusing. Whereas if I gave you a cat and said, this is a pig, I mean, that you would have be to an your disbelief. <laughs> I mean, that would be an unusual pig. So, right. yeah, so she's buying the desk... Um, and then she sees the prince and she like, sees the pig one because her husband's a pig farmer who loves pigs. And um, she's like, oh, he'd like this one. So she buys the prince for two grand, so that's, she, which is pretty much what they're worth. I quite liked that <laughs> even though she was a friend of Jane's, she didn't actually sound very posh. She, oh, no, she, she definitely overly... sounded like she'd sort of made her own... Well, maybe not made yeah. her own money, because maybe the money's in the pigs. Well, there's a lot of money in pigs. Yeah, <laughs> can imagine. In Apparently. fact, there is a lot of money in Japanese pigs, because we know this from a previous episode. 
Yeah. Harking back. I don't remember the two. Were they Chinese pigs or Japanese pigs? Chinese. Weren't they Japanese pigs? Was I there for that one? Japanese banknote in them. Oh, yeah. Japanese banknote in them. Yes. Um... And then they, Eric has to gift wrap the desk because he jokingly says, would you like me to gift wrap it? Oh, Eric. And she says, oh, yes, put some pink ribbon and some balloons. Oh, yeah, Eric was quite annoyed in a lot of this episode for no real reason. Yeah, it, it felt to me like maybe this is the beginning of the end. Oh, Eric's no, re- don't. reached the end of his, his road in this employment. You well, know when someone's at work and you're like, soon. they're just, they need to leave now. They're definitely ready for the next thing. Oh, <laughs> it's making me sad because series five, we have to say goodbye to we Eric do. and Jane. But we say hello to Beth, who's very sweet. Yeah. Yes. Mm. So they're delivering the items to Mrs. Brodie and this is where we discover, well, we find out more about Mr. Brodie's pig business. And Eric gets <laughs> very excited because his dad, as we know, his dad was a butcher. Oh, he's a, butcher, a butcher, of course. And only sells Mr. Brodie's uh, bangers and bacon or whatever. Mm. Um, and it's quite funny, actually, because he's... <laughs> it reminded me of, like, my... So he said, like, I'm, I was surrounded by dead flesh all the time. That's how I nearly became a vegetarian. <laughs> and it reminded me of, like, my partner's mum, who grew up in a butcher's and is a vegetarian for that yeah. exact reason. And I was like, yes, that's a thing that can happen. Well, it's like if, if um, somebody works in McDonald's and says, mm. I will never, ever buy anything in mcdonald's because i've worked in one and i know what it looks like kind of yeah I mean, I, you know as an example yeah did you two think um that something had changed with the film in this now because the, the decor notice. was very 90s but then i realized like the actual film was kind of a bit soft focusy oh i didn't but i don't know because i'm a philistine but it I might have been the 90s decor of the brodie's um it might have been and it did look, I have to say, I like their lounge because it looked normal, whereas we've been in a lot of very aristocratic mm. and slightly sort of... It looks quite modern, ...austere places. And theirs actually did look like somewhere where you could sit down with a glass of wine and watch the telly. You and know, it was clearly like upper class, but it wasn't uncomfortable. Mm. And as we discovered, Jane had done the whole interior, so we she, know well, she did it very Jane well. has good taste. Very tasty. So, she has. So they're putting up the prints in this lovely room, and Eric manages to, like, he's standing on a sofa or something to try and put it up. And then he manages yeah. to break break the glass like on one of the frames of the prints, and then they I've just... immediately written, "Oh, Eric." <laughs> <laughs> oh, the other thing that I did like this was the point that the chap comes in and says, "You know, what what on earth are these?" And he starts identifying pigs in the picture, which I can't help feeling misses the point yes, of a Mr. political Brody. satire. Did you recognise either Mr. a black Berkshire or a large white? <laughs> that was it. Yes. He starts pointing to. Yeah, so this yeah, pick. so this is Mr. Bill Brody, who I was weirdly attracted to. I liked to. him. He was yeah, really I liked attractive. him. He was what someone, was wasn't he? Who well, was yeah, he? I looked him up. So John Bow or Bow, I don't know how to pronounce it. B O W E. He's been in lots he of was things. In, um, he Bell, was in Emmerdale, or possibly still is in Emmerdale. But before that, he, he was, was in, in Casualty, right. which is probably where Polly remembers him from. Ah, uh, so Casualty. Casualty. Yeah, no, I remember him from Emmerdale because he was in Emmerdale not long after this, wasn't he? In Emmerdale during the time of the plane crash and all of that. I'm not malarkey. sure. I thought for a moment he was that bad guy from Coronation Street. He oh, has been. He has been in Coronation Street as well. Oh, I'm a Dougie boy. Ferguson. Oh no no no! I remember him having looked. At, I remember him from um, from Emmerdale. I remember him being in Emmerdale. Uh, and the Brodies are quite like snappy with each other. Like she says to him, "You stink. You really smell." And he's like, "Yes, I work with pigs." <laughs> so they take this drawing out, and basically, it's all a bit suspect because there's a drawing on the back of the print, which is dated seventeen eighty eight, 
and the one on the front is dated 1787, so that doesn't add up. And so they're like, right. And, but his immediate reaction is, you see, I told you it was dodgy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he says, no, it's not. It's interesting. Like, it's not dodgy. It's a mystery and it's interesting, but it isn't dodgy. And then, as they often do, Lovejoy and Jane just like sod off to London just at the drop of a hat. And did, you, oh, see you, know? oh, did, her, did, did you see that she did her um, fantasy thing where she was like, he was oh. the chauffeur? I oh, thought, yes. like, okay, you guys. What, Clearly, what? we're well, on the up in your relationship at the moment. Um, so, yeah, Lovejoy and Jane just bugger off to London to find out about the prince from an expert. Their relationship has got better because their relationship in towards the end of the last series had got a bit fraught. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's, definitely, got, it's definitely got better. So, yeah, and then they leave, leave poor Eric behind to, like, clear up the mess. To be fair, the mess that he made. So he gets really pissed off. It's like, well, you did... Smash that thing. So, do you know? I wonder if Eric's dyspraxic. I keep well, watching he did this look like he'd thinking... never used a Hoover before in his entire life. He did. Bless him. He probably hasn't. I, I was know. like, Chris, what are you doing? Surely you know how to Hoover. I'm sure Chris knows how to Hoover, but does Eric? Eric, that's real method acting. Acting. <laughs> yeah, didn't think of that. Do you remember? Was it was it Dead Ringers where it had um, somebody playing? Uh, I think it was John John Coleshaw playing. Ian McKellen going, I pretend to be someone else. <laughs> that was the secret of acting, and I used to love that. I feel I like Emma could be able to hoover, though. He strikes me as somebody who'd end up doing a lot of hoovering. I've got I've got one of those. This is the closest thing I'm ever going to have to a pet. I've got one of those. Is it called an oofy, whatever it's called? Oh, it, and Roomba. it's so cute. It is very it's cute. It's so uh, cute. Yeah. You should put googly eyes on it. <laughs> oh, I love him. And, and he gets tail. sad. He bumps into things and, and he turns fur. around and he turns around and he looks a bit confused. And every now and then he gets caught on something and just starts sort of like humping it. It's hilarious. <laughs> and then he runs out of battery and his little red light f- flashes and he goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just think if they'd had rumours in the nineties, this never would have happened. Yeah. Anyway, I digress because it would have uh, just gone under the sofa. But as it is, Eric's hoovering, so he finds. Yeah, so Eric's under hoovering sofa under the sofa. Hoovering. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I was waiting for Helen to tell us what he finds. Black... <laughs> no, no, sorry, yeah, he finds a black bag under the sofa with a bronze in it. A beautiful bronze. For a bronze. And I like I the fact that I, I straight away it. I was like, oh, it's a bronze. Like, I would never have thought that before starting that, this. I, that's it's so a bronze. true. I've written that down too. <laughs> I've written Eric Hoover's finds... This is a why bronze. I shouldn't read my notes back. Mine says... Eric Hoover's finds a wrapped in a bin bag bronze. Finds another day at the office. in English. Just another day at the office. Wrapped in a bin bag bronze. I've then written, then returns home to find Tinker picking at his feet, mm. which oh, was yeah. just horrible. He's been to the chiropodist. So they're looking, and so so Eric's like a bit suspicious about this bronze. Like, why is it in a bag under the sofa? So he's looking through the papers, him and Tinker, aren't they, to like see if they can oh, yes. find anything out about it. Um, just by chance in the local gazette they see a, they see a quarter page like ad saying stolen and it's that it's that bronze it's very convenient for the plot i found and this is there's, there's a lot of convenience in this plot i will say yeah. terry yeah. <laughs> very convenient um, oh but it was so funny so i'll forgive him anything and this is where we discovered that it's a bronze of bacchus i knew well. that already oh, yeah. Well, we do like our, our Greek, uh, you know, our mythology, don't we? Oh, when, we're, when we're talking I about bronzes, we love a bit it. of mythology. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you you did it for GCSE, didn't you, all of that malarkey? I did. Well, you? I did. No, I did um, I did Latin and, well, I did basically classics, but it was mostly Latin. I did, yeah. So you did um, classics. So I did, did Latin. You, Greek? you must have done a bit of Greek. I did Latin no, GCSE. No, I did. It was just Latin. Middle class. It was just Latin. 
But you, yeah, I did Latin, but because um, Bacchus, oh yeah, Bacchus is Roman, isn't it? Yeah. The god Although, of like just something amazingly clever later on that um that absolutely bowled me over. We'll come to that. So but um so yes, yeah, so they realise the bronze is stolen and meanwhile um Lovejoy and Jane are in London with this expert who's explaining to them all about the prints and how you know if something's a first edition. It was really nice. It was, it was actually. And they were back in their element, both of them, because they both are passionate about this particular you know, about this area and about what they do. As well as having a bit of a jaunt to London, an excuse to do it. Yeah. But, you know, it was lovely. It was like the best of all worlds, wasn't it? Yeah. Maybe so that's what they meant they... by Lovejoy's back at it. Yeah, maybe yes. it is. So they find out that the prints are, yeah, from the original plates, but not first editions. We don't find out how old they are, though. But we're still... So it's, we, don't, we don't find out very much. Um, but they're not worth as much money as they thought. They're only worth about 400 quid. Um that's that and then we go back to eric who because there's a reward being offered for this oh for the god i eric him leaving this voicemail like I, i'm Was sure you're else the same i banging their head on the table going oh eric and the worst no. thing was then I... oh 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 when he does that and you think oh really just you can at least just bullshit from this point. i don't, don't just make never it worse had like full voicemail leaving anxiety he literally left a voicemail in exactly the same way that I leave a voicemail, a kind of like, hi, uh, um, uh, uh, it's, it's, I'm ringing because of, um, th- this thing, and, and I've, I'm ringing because you want me to ring about this thing, and, um, th- this is the thing, and, and then, and then he starts giving his phone number, realizes he's giving himself away, and goes, oh, oh no, 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 um, j- g- cancel. <laughs> I tell you what I've done, All though. My Setting my own voicemail, I once had, I won't say his name, he rang me up and said, I think you ought to know that your voicemail currently says, oh, you've reached Polly blah, blah, blah at this number and, oh, shit, (laughs) beep, and that's all it said. And I'd obviously been recording it and I'd said something wrong and I pressed the wrong button and I think somebody had come in or something. So for about a week, my voicemail said, you've reached... Polly and 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 um um oh shit, <laughs> which is exactly what Eric does basically. He's yeah, but, leaving... yeah, but I didn't do it to the police, or you know, you didn't oh, do it to the police over a stolen item. You didn't. There's yes, difference. there is a difference. Just just the dean of an eminent Russell Group University. What are you different. supposed to do then? That's what I don't get. They're offering a reward for the return of this statue, but why why are they? Because I thought the reward was like a genuine thing to get people to return it. But no one actually wants to own up to knowing where it is to get the reward because it's stolen. I'm, I was very confused about what yeah, is the reward yeah. meant to actually I, do. I was do. mostly confused that the phone number he gave was a mobile oh, number. Oh, no, it oh, wasn't. Yeah. I want to talk about this. Oh, go on. Go on. Mm. No, because it was before the before one. Before the one day, it. yes. So he has... It's one to remember. Yes. 1994. Exactly, just before. So he says his number is 0787 376 So it sounds like a mobile number, mm. but it's not. I can't believe you wrote the whole number down, Helen. <laughs> because I was so excited to be able to talk about... Um, it was called One Day. Do you remember the yeah. day that it changed? Was called Wait, One the Day. The ad they used, the ad they used for "It's One to Remember" was was not Lovejoy. Uh, <laughs> was Del Boy falling through the bar with the and it showed Del Boy falling through the bar, and then it said "It's One to Remember," and then the date. I don't. It I was can't 1994. You, I can't remember that at all. But do you know what I can remember? I remembered it. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I can? Again, I thought like we should explain for younger listeners. So basically, 
I thought we should explain that phone, all UK phone numbers, before we had mobiles, they were all landlines, and you have an area code that would be something like, so in this case, for Lavenham, it's 0787. Did you, you have this up as well? No, well, no. <laughs> no, but he said his number on the phone. He <laughs> said his <laughs> London, that's why I got confused. No, 071 no, oh, was London. Well, no, 08. Oh, oh, 08, oh, 07 and 08, oh, because do you remember? 0181, 811, 811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811811
Right, so let's move on. So, um, so yeah, so basically, Eric phones up about this reward and then realizes, oh shit, I shouldn't have been about this reward. They might think I've stolen it and then hangs up because Does in those days. Jane's number, is that why? Well, he, he, they, they, they say later on that he's phoned from Felsham, from the Felsham estate. Why is he there? I mean, when I was, he was ringing, I was thinking, gosh, Eric's got a lovely sitting room, so he must have been at Felsham. <laughs> why was he at late anyway? Does Eric not have a phone, though, or is there not a phone that he would use? Why do they always use Lady Jane's phone? There must be multiple phones. They don't phones. want to pay the bill, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, but maybe. they must have other phones. There must be a phone that people... In fact, Lovejoy... I've seen Lovejoy answer the phone. Oh, I suppose he wouldn't want to give Lovejoy because he doesn't want... But, oh, but then why would he give any number... Oh, he's an idiot. It's Basically, like, he's an idiot. He leaves this message and it comes back to haunt him. Yeah. It does. And That'll meanwhile... Because Tinker told him not to, but did he listen? Did no. he bollocks? And then meanwhile, Jane and Lovejoy are still in London and Jane um, sort of, not tearfully, but sort of wistfully, you know, says that it's her wedding anniversary. Oh, yeah, and she's this was really sad. Feeling a bit sad. It was also and a then, bit bonkers, guys. I know, and then, and then they just happen to be like waiting at a red light and there's a wedding dress shop kind of opposite. Oh, this was amazing. I felt like it was the shop that made her say, oh, do you know what, I'm going to actually yeah. say something because that's too much of a coincidence for me not to yeah. mention it's also my wedding anniversary. Yeah. yeah. And there's two mannequins in the window that look remarkably like Lovejoy and yeah, Jane. Never seen a and then he has this kind of vision. I have never seen a them. mannequin with a mullet. Although maybe in 93, mannequins did have mullets. I mean, but, so he, he sees, has a vision of himself and Lady Jane getting married, which is very bizarre. Because then, then nothing more is said about that. I do love where Lovejoy's imagination goes, though, because if you remember in his fever dream of Eric of Arabia, and then I think he had a dream once where they were sort of mafia, yeah, mafia, the 1930s. So kind of 1930s thing going and on. And then at the end of Series nice. 4, he had his, um, uh, the one where he was on the TV and everyone was booing at him in the oh, audience. Yes. What's sad is that it, it then echoes, you know, an episode that we're not really that far away from now in Series 6, but of course it isn't Lady Jane, he ends up not marrying. Well, more of that. So you know, more so, of that story later. So then we cut to then we cut to something which we often see is that Lovejoy has stayed the night at Jane's on the sofa. So weird. I'm sorry. Does Lady Jane not have a spare bedroom? She must have about fifteen I mean, spare bedrooms. Does she just think he's like a bit mucky and can't? No, maybe they like had sex in the lounge and then he fell asleep and she just went to bed. You must. She must have a, a, so many spare rooms. I in mean, that house, she literally surely. lives in like a mansion. Yeah. It's very bizarre. She let the hothouse flowers stay. Yeah, she did. I bet they had bedrooms. I bet they didn't all sleep in the lab. Well, they might have done. No, they no. might have done. Um, and then the, the police... This is where the popo come in, isn't it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. And that awful woman, and this is going to sound... I've written misogyny of the week number one, which implies that there is a misogyny of the week number two. Um, it's where... The, um, oh, sorry, go on, Polly. I'm going to spoil it. You do I'm going to say the, the plod come in. And uh, it's that awful policewoman that we've met before. And Lovejoy comments on her wonderful figure. Now, I know he's trying to sweet talk. Oh. And I quite like this. I actually don't think this was. I think this was actually misogyny, which is then shot down. Because he thinks he's going to do what he did with Tenacious Tax Lady several yes. years before. A decade before. And sweet talk her into submission. Doesn't work with Does this one. She has no not soul. Not with Inspector McDonald. She, uh, she is a modern woman. She's and a, she has no soul. A feisty woman. Um, so basically, like she comes on because she obviously the police have picked up this uh, voicemail from Eric. Oh, <laughs> so and if it's come from Lady Felsham's house, they they play it to Lovejoy and Jane, and Lovejoy says, "Oh, it's not me. 
I'm more baritone than tenor. Yeah. And my accent's my accent's a little less rural. Yeah. Yes, that's quite funny. I like the idea more baritone than tenor because I've heard Ian McShane sing and he's not really anything. He he sort of <laughs> speaks sings. He's not really I mean that that he's just the he's sort of singing than... that, that I do, which is I can't. Yeah, I think to call sing. it baritone or tenor is to put more weight than it than his singing voice truly deserves. Yeah. I'll just speak the words. And then and then Lovejoy and Jane obviously realise that it's Eric, but they don't say anything. And they, they're obviously very confused about why Eric has made this call. They don't know that he's Of course, because Eric hasn't actually bronze. told them yet that no. he's found it. Because Tinker says, well, have a word with Lovejoy. And I th- I'm guessing they just sort of haven't caught up yet. Mm. No. So, like, they're just very confused about what the call's about. But they obviously realise that it's Eric. And, yeah, so that's that's that, really. Because obviously they can't... The police have got a search warrant for Lady Jane's office, but... Obviously not which she smugly presents to them. Yeah, goes and looks for the thing that isn't there. Mm. That isn't so it's there. fine. Yeah, and then, then we go, and then they go to meet Eric and Tinker in the pub, the where pub. Tinker's. Oh yes. Tinker's making the comment. <laughs> he says she was expecting a Chippendale, and a bunch of half-naked men turned up. <laughs> yeah. That was a brilliant end of a story. I thought that was lovely. And then they all have a good laugh, and then they turn around and not a happy love joy. It's all no. done like Wild West, like showdown style. It was, it was style, brilliant. It? Yeah, you wanted the doors to swing, don't you? Those sort of doors you can look over the top of. The, the saloon uh, doors. Know, saloon doors, that's the one, yeah, yeah. And they come in and they um, confront Eric about his voicemail by impersonating him and his accent because they just blatantly mimic him until he's like... And I suppose also maybe I was feeling a little bit tender because... I feel very embarrassed about the way I leave voicemails and I don't like doing it anyway. And I felt like he felt like that as well. So I was really in his shoes of like, why are they being so mean? They, they could have just said, off with what him was as well, this voicemail about? Um, but yeah, so they take the mick out of him um, and he reveals, well, actually, I was ringing about this nicked thing because I found it in a bin bag yeah. under a sofa. Yeah, so they go back to the Brodie's house and um, they're looking for Annie because they says they think it must be her because she's the one that's... Into, oh, yeah. and Bill's only really and into bought loads of stuff. All I've written oh, here yeah. is, why is Lovejoy investigating, not a detective? Brody holds a pig. <laughs> oh, Brody comes in holding a pig, doesn't he? I think or I found it. Oh, he loves, he loves a pig. Isn't this where we get that wonderful? Because they realise what has happened, and she's bought it, and then she saw the same advert in the paper. She goes, "Oh my stolen. god!" Ah, yeah. ah! A bit like when people in a cartoon get a bomb and they don't know what to do with it, so they just <laughs> yeah, throw just it. it she lobs it, lobs it under the sofa, and thinks that'll be fine. Yeah. And then, but this is the best line in the whole show, where she says, "But apparently he's due to get a knighthood for services to the pig industry." If there's ever one, if there's even one whisper of this, he'll never get yes. his knighthood for services to the pig industry. That was Terry's it. turn of the, phrase is just. I love it. it Isn't it beautiful? It's brilliant. But the thing is, because I obviously before they find before Annie confesses this, like uh, Eric's looking for her and he tells Bill what's going on and, and he's like, oh yeah, you know, she's got this bronze. It's worth like fifteen or twenty grand. And Bill's like, oh well, it must be stolen then. But like they obviously implying that they would never have bought it if it was mm. worth that. But yeah. they've just spent like four grand on prints and a desk. Yeah, I was like, they clearly have spare money. We've anyway. missed. Um, we've missed Rollo. So yes, yeah, she oh, bought it. She bought it Rollo. from Rollo. Have we seen? I Rollo? wrote. Oh well, Rollo. We've have definitely we Rollo heard before? the name. Yes. Rollo we've before. definitely heard of Rollo. We've before. seen Rollo before several times. But there was something else in this scene. So Lovejoy. So basically, Annie's bought it off Rollo, and he's on remand. So so Lovejoy goes to visit him in prison. 
Um, and he, we'll come to this in a second, he explains where the bronze is from. But during his explanation, he says the bronze was nicked um, during an exhibition of um, Venetian art that was in Cambridge. And the person who nicked it was Rachel, who is really, really buzzed on lager. She just walked in, grabbed it, walked out again. And he says, you remember her. She's got a tattoo of King Kong on her bum. We've seen Rachel before. It no, must... we've seen the one with the butterfly. No, no, no. no. Don't, don't thinking... you remember? There was the one where... Um... Oh, my God. And I wish I could remember which one it was. And it must be a Terry one. But basically... Um... It's where there's there's like a horrible. You realise there's now people shouting at the podcast, oh, going, are, "Of course they're, you've they're. seen her before." Yeah, and um, and and Lovejoy in the morning, there's there's this horrible guy, and he sleeps with Rachel, and we never really see Rachel, but it's implied that Lovejoy does in this previous episode. Oh, and later on, yes. Lovejoy the says, "Oh yeah, yeah, I recognise the yeah. tattoo." So you get this that like um thing of of like, well, Lovejoy must have um seen her butt at some point, um, and he also knows who she is, and I'm like. Rachel with the King Kong bum tattoo is my favourite character in all of Lovejoy. The idea that you could just walk into an exhibition a bit wanked on Stella and be like, oh, imagine that. <laughs> That's I'm the best that. That's the best That's bit. He's like, she was just buzzed on lager and just took it. But she did, and then she didn't know what to do with it, so she gave it to Rollo, and Rollo was like, oh, God, I don't want this, like, nicked thing. I'm going to sell it for not what it's worth. Because do you know who it was nicked on? Again, it's, again, it's just like the bomb in cartoons. <laughs> ah, ah, and they're all throwing it to each other. This was where it got implausible, I must because say. Because the statue... Yeah, because it was on loan from... The Queen! Her Majesty <laughs> Queen Elizabeth II. Like oh. we say, the year before she had an Annas Horribilis and it's just getting more <laughs> yeah, Horribilis nicked by her the Bacchus. minute. Now somebody's nicked her. Somebody burned her castle down and now somebody's nicked her Bacchus. But, and, then yeah. even more, and then even more implausibly, yes. so Lovejoy <laughs> finds this out in prison and they go to tell the Brodies, like, oh, fucking hell, this bronze belongs to the Queen. And <laughs> so implausibly, the following week, the Queen... Is due to visit. I mean, obviously. it is implausible, but Mr. it's also Brody's pig farm. It's beautiful, though. It's lovely. It's brilliant. It's and he so, said, but he's, although Brody's brilliant, because he's like, oh yes, well, this is all my ex-wife's fault. Like, start calling her his ex-wife. He's, <laughs> oh, like, yeah. he's like, I should just stick my head between my legs and kiss oh. my ass goodbye. Oh. <laughs> this is the point that I texted you to and went, I hope somebody's keeping track of the plot because I've lost it at this point. When he explains. <laughs> I think because it was so implausible when he explains how the bronze got nicked, how it ended up with Rollo and how it then ended up with them, I thought, no, no, yeah. I'm going to have to draw a diagram. I mean, uh, <laughs> but, you know, Bill Brody is the, um, the most successful pig breeder in Essex. So yeah. why wasn't the Queen in Essex? Him? In Essex. You know, do you think she goes to every county, pigs. to every pig? Do you, think, do you think she goes to, like, The like most successful South pig Yorkshire. breeder in every county. Do you think she goes to like South Yorkshire? There's some guy in Rotherham with a back garden and a couple of, you know. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, my so granddad they're like, oh, shit. My granddad kept pigs, actually. They're quite difficult to keep. They're quite scary. Pigs are absolutely freaking massive. They're bigger than, well, they're definitely bigger than you two, and they're slightly bigger than me. But they're, they're just really massive animals. <laughs> I thought you both frozen, but you were just disgusted at the idea of being compared to the size of a pig. <laughs> Oh, no, I, I, I'm uh, hoping that I'm smaller than a pig, otherwise, uh, you know. I think I'm wouldn't... roughly the same size as, as a pig. I love pigs. They're, they're beautiful. I love, love pigs. Clean. I really but ought lamb. to be vegetarian. Lamb I can't bear. Lamb I don't eat oh, because I, I just can't bear. I know, but I can't bear 
the idea that lambs are by definition still babies but i know it's a stupid arbitrary line to draw but the idea of breeding something you're going to kill before it's even grown meanwhile up is just my dad brought us up to drive onto the moors and wind down the window and shout mint sauce every time you saw a sheep mint sauce my uh my grandparents used to make us do that uh, fun times. This, is, this is like a northern tradition that I missed out on. Yeah. Maybe anyway, you can live near funny sheep. Um, there is, there is, a, there is a meat-related joke <laughs> later on. A horse-related joke, isn't there? Go on, um, go on. Oh yeah, yeah so that's my like, Crap, we have to give this bronze back to the queen. How the hell do we do it? And this is why I didn't really understand. So basically, Lovejoy says, "Okay, I'm gonna give you the gill rays." I mean, although they've kind of already bought them, so anyway, I'm gonna give you the gill rays. Um, but you had to give me two and a half grand instead of the mm. two grand you were going to give me. And I'll oh, give you yes. the gill rays, but I'll also get rid of this thing for you. Yeah. I think that's fair. But, but that's I don't really get that because... Get the he's all, they were, yeah. yeah, but they, he couldn't because surely they'd then go, well, where did you find it? But then he's got the, the thing same, is, they advertise... Sorry, go on. But by saying he'll get rid... By taking it and saying he'll get rid of it, he's got the same problem anyway because he's still yeah. got to get rid of it. This is true. I don't. I didn't really get it. As usual, I'm like, why? Well, it turns out it is rather a problem because then he gives it to Eric and says, this is your fault, dude. You get rid of it. And then Eric says, oh, if you put a shade on it, it'd make a nice lamp. Tinker gives the background of where the bronze is from and how it ended up in England. Yes. I really loved that. It's a bronze of Bacchus made by... It was made in Venice in 1620. And when it was brought to England, it was dropped at Chatham Dockyard into the sea and... Ten tides had to come in before they recovered it, and Queen something or other was there. Queen Charlotte. Um, so, Queen Charlotte, and so it's given to her, and then it's been in the royal family ever since, and that's why it belongs to the Queen. So they're trying to work out how to get it back to Bookhouse without getting in trouble. And Eric's like, Do you think "Why the Queen don't we just is really missing it? it, though? Do you think the Queen is sat no. in Bookhouse going, I no. don't know where my bronze no, has gone. I'm really even, missing my Beckers. The Queen doesn't even know that she hasn't got it, got it anymore, does she? Let's face it. She's not going to... She's got quite a big house. She's got 72 <laughs> bathrooms in that house. She's not going to go, where was that? I'm sure there was a Beckus here. Uh, was, I'm sure there was on the favorite. coffee table in the fifth lounge. That's, that's my favourite um, bronze oh. um, 17th century Venetian Beckus. Oh, the Beckus oh, is The Beckus in the drawing room on the 14th floor is my favourite. <sighs> she hasn't got 14 floors. So right, basically, their floors. amazing solution to the problem of... What should we do with this bronze? How should we return it to the Queen? Is we will Drive post to Essex. it. We will post, yeah, it post it to the Queen. Which actually, well, that was Eric's idea. It's well, not James a terrible it was a good idea. idea. So True. This is they true. decide to go to Chelmsford to post it because it'll be less obvious than posting it from Lavenham, I, I guess. the idea of Chelmsford being just like the most anonymous <laughs> place you can think yeah. of. Oh, no one will ask anything in Chelmsford. But it all goes wrong on the way there. So Eric stops off at the local petrol station to ask where the post oh, office Eric. is and leaves his motorbike running outside and someone and then oh, unsurprisingly Eric. someone nicks it poor oh, Eric. Eric do you know mm. when I was looking to I grabbed my notebook to come up and, and talk to you and because I've written other Lovejoy notes in here I couldn't find the notes for this episode because every single episode I write poor Eric in big oh. letters I was like oh it must be this one oh this doesn't seem to be about a motorbike oh hang on it must be this one Oh, this doesn't mention a Bacchus. <laughs> Where Eric. is it? Poor Eric. Oh, poor Eric. They've nicked well, his then... bike. They've nicked the package. Off they yeah. go. It's another bit of this plot, though, that's like, oh, that's very convenient. But also, like, yeah, so then they're like, oh, problem solved. It's been nicked again, so now we don't have to worry about what to do with the bonds. Cause this, is, this is where the xenophobia comes in from the police but also, officer. Who says, yeah. Why... 
Oh, go on. He says, um, yeah, because Eric goes to the police station to report his bike stolen. Why does Eric report it? He's like, oh, I've lost a bike. Anything on it? Yeah, a stolen Bacchus that I was trying to get rid well, of. I know he doesn't, doesn't say that, that but it's bit. like... He doesn't, but it's like, really? You know that if they find it, they're going to find that and they're going to link it to you and your voice, you stupid man. It's not just like a shitty Kawasaki. I know, it's a Harley. It's a Harley that Lovejoy bought him. He should just, you know, it's... But spoiler, he does get it back, so... I mean, he does, but really, I've just thought, oh, really, you've made yourself an extra problem there, haven't you, mate? Yeah. But yeah, he goes to report it. And the police officer who's like behind the counter says, oh, this happens all the time. People's mode of transport gets nicked all the time. We had a horse nicked the other week and it ended up in France in like three different bits in a butcher's. And I was like, all right, bloody hell, I came out of absolutely nowhere. (laughs) Do you know what? I liked him. He was this sort of quite slightly dryly droll police officer behind the desk who's clearly a bit bored. I really liked he kept, him. He kept trying to find the form to report the stolen bike and he was pulling like, here's a pair of gloves, here's a toilet roll. He didn't oh, have yeah. a pen. Like, oh, he was I brilliant. loved him. I thought he was great. And then uh, Eric's giving his phone number to the policeman, obviously because he's reporting the theft. And at that moment, Inspector oh, McDonald just happens to be does. passing by. And here's, I mean, again, also convenient. Yeah. Overhears Eric saying his phone number and is like, I've heard that number before. I've heard that voice before. And so, yeah, she drags him into a interview room. Um, and he just suggests him. she doesn't have enough to do, though. She's <laughs> yeah. like, I know that number. Well, That's she is a police officer in rural Suffolk. I But this is where Eric says something that my my heart just fully swelled with joy for this character i love eric anyway but she says um you know it was the bacchus or something like this yeah it was a, a bronze statue it was of bacchus and he says no it wasn't it was of pan and i was like oh yes oh my god i, I was like oh darling you. you're really yeah, trying he basically he tries to say you're trying i was like you're trying so hard because he, he tries to say like oh yeah i did leave that voice because first he tries to say it's not me on that voicemail. Yeah. And he's like, okay, it is me, but I made a mistake. I found a bronze, but it wasn't Bacchus. It was Pan. He had <laughs> he had some pipes. He's the patron saint of plumbers. <laughs> and I think this is one of the... She says, there's another great quote here. Oh, so it's just an open and shut case of getting your deities mixed up. Yes, I loved it. I loved but it. Obviously, he's hamstrung by the fact that like this bronze has got a catalogue number on the bottom. And he's on the voicemail, says the catalogue yeah. number. Said the catalogue number, so, like, exactly. It, obviously, he did have it. Yeah, and I will so, yeah. say, I think this is probably the point... But she can't point, prove it. This is probably the point in Lovejoy, the series, where it is just really clear that Chris is too old to play this part. I think if it was a 20-year-old, yeah, 20, 22-year-old playing this, or even a 26-year-old... about 35 you now could, or You yeah. could m- maybe understand him getting trying to trick the police or thinking that they were he was going to be clever enough to work his way out of it but it just doesn't what it does just does not wash with like a 34 35 year old guy trying to do it and i think that's where it sort of falls down a little bit because it fits for the character but i'm starting to stop being able to suspend my disbelief like yeah with how he looks yeah yeah so so yeah so basically he's not really doing very well at convincing her and she's like, you know, why were you going to the post office in Chelmsford? What were you up to? Anyway, at this point, we discover that Eric's bike has been found. And bizarrely, randomly, it gets recovered and it's in good condition. And the bronze is still there. I feel like we go there. to peak farce at this point, though, don't we? It was, yeah. In terms of people bit... running around, moving things. And also, like, 
I've written here, why are they taking calls at Lady Jane's? Because, like, they phone up to say the bike's recovered, but they phone up Felsham Hall. Oh, do they phone Felsham? Well, that's what everybody seems to do. Maybe. I feel like, oh, they might phone Felsham. I feel like this is set in the 60s and not the 90s, because, like, no one has their own phone. They're all just relying on the one phone in the <laughs> yes. area. So they it's it's a bit implausible. So yeah, they, so yeah. they get the bike back, the Harley, and they get the Bacchus back. And so I was just like, and I feel like there's a lot in Lovejoy. What was the point of that entire plot, subplot, like where the bike gets nicked and then nothing? It didn't make any difference to anything. It gave, well, it, it gave us a chance for the the whatever temporary her name is, Inspector McDonald to stretch her legs a little. Yeah. So I imagine is she going to come back in again, Polly? I believe so, yeah. and it also gave some temporary peril as well. It gave some, uh, <laughs> you know, and it, and it, it is some temporary peril. Will they? Won't they? Oh no, it's all right. They won't. It's all fine. Yeah. Um, it was a bit like, and also because so, they were like, yeah, we've got. Oh, it was no, quite it's, funny, as and well. everything's just returned back to how it was. Anyway, so so then, Jane takes the Bacchus away. Yeah, because then Lovejoy's like, oh, sod it. We've it's come back to us. It's a sign. It sort of does have a purpose for the end as to how they get rid of it, I guess, because she that was a last resort for how she gets rid of it that she probably wouldn't have volunteered to do if it hadn't been necessary. Yeah, I, I liked so, how spooky this bit was where Lovejoy was like, it's an omen, it's a sign. I I kind of liked that. Yeah, because he decides the sign, so he's going to try and get the reward money, even though he's kind of already been sort of paid by the mm. Brodies. He's gonna, but then Jane's like, no, I'll take it. I'll deal with this. And she just grabs it yes. and walks out with it. I love Jane. This is a wonderful, powerful female character moment of just, oh, for goodness sake, I'll yeah, do it. Just give it to me. You've been fanning around for give 45 it to me. minutes. Yeah. And then, <laughs> you men have all failed. Yeah, and I'm then, going to have it now. And then just as she leaves, the police arrive. Uh, and then obviously, yeah, they search the place, but it's, there's nothing to find. And then I've written... Good. Here's the Queen at a piggery for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> I've written, Obviously. I've written, it's the day of the Queen's visit to the piggery. And then I've written, there's a sentence I never thought I'd write. Although, <laughs> my favourite clip of the Queen, not that I have a top ten counting down, whatever, but my favourite clip is from a couple of years ago when she's looking really bored and fed up and there's some parade and she's sitting there going, a fucking parade, not a parade, you know, or something like that. She's probably not saying fucking, but whatever. And somebody walks in with a cow, and there's a lovely clip of her going, oh, a cow! <laughs> and pointing to the cow. Have you seen that clip? It no. is gorgeous. Oh. Have you seen it? It's adorable. She sits there, and she's sitting there, and she goes, oh, a cow! And then, so it's the day of the Queen's visit to the piggery. Maybe it's not so and unusual she would have gone to a piggery. So it's not so unusual. She obviously likes livestock. She likes livestock. But implausibly on this on this day the day that the queen is visiting the piggeries there's like high security everywhere everyone has mm. to be cleared this is the day that lovejoy and eric are there hanging up the gilway print of the pigs in, in the office yeah Bilbrick. why why on that day and then obviously the security queen security guy comes in and is like what are you doing here you need to go you haven't been cleared eric is very excited about seeing the queen he so wants to stay Aww. so the Queen's cavalcade arrives, and this is where, like, yeah, the weather looks shit. Like, God, it, it looks, looks so dreary. It's freezing, doesn't it? Look really, so really, dreary. Really, and she's really English weather. <laughs> if, you're, oh. if you're from America or anywhere else, actually, if you're from overseas and you wonder what the weather's like in England, it's, it's like dreak. that. Always like that. It's Always. Like that. It's awful. And the Queen, we see the Queen from the back, so it's not that they, they don't bother with, you know, the actress that always plays the Queen. Yeah. They, they, they don't want her. to get her. Helen Mirren. They probably couldn't no, afford Helen her. Mirren. No, the other one. <laughs> the, the other one who the doesn't other speak. One. The one who looks oh, like... Oh, the, the one who played her, who was like her body double. Yeah. The one who looks like her. 
They don't bother yeah. with her. They just do some woman from the back. So Random old woman f- from the back then with I've sort written, of grey hair. Clearly I'd lost my marbles at this point because I've written Jane's back, Avec Labacus. Oh no, it's a ham. <laughs> what? No, you didn't lose your marbles. No. That was... that was. Did, did you think they knew that the police were going to try and they were just trying to get one over on the police and they knew yeah, the police were going to try Because the police and... are still suspicious. So Inspector McDonald, I guess they suspect that Jane now might have the bronze. And also, why? So why is Tink there? Why are Lovejoy and Eric there? Like, why are they there? <laughs> they haven't seen the clip. Why are they there? Anyway. But you know what? This was wonderful. It, it had a sort of air of kind of some American police drama that when she sees Lady Jane strutting over in her yeah. nice heels with it this bag of what tense. turns out to be hand, they're like, go, go, go! And it's this dramatic music and they tear across these East Anglian police only to find her presenting some ham to a military officer. Yeah, so <laughs> some ham to the Lord Lieutenant. Because he, well, likes, do, he yeah. likes the ham. But why Jane is giving... Anyway, what um, is going on there? Who and knows? Then, uh, it was she knows everyone. She probably went to school with his sister And then meanwhile, all the staff of the piggery are waving their Union Jacks extremely enthusiastically. In the freezing cold and the drizzle. Bless them. This is, by the way, any American viewers, this is the most British thing ever. It's people in a mundane location in the rain waving cheap flags I mean, they're literally an old lady. In mud. This they're is, this in is what mud. it this means to be British. Yes. The Queen is bored. She's had to go to some, some, you know, mundane thing that she probably knows nothing about and she has to be nice and say, oh, what do you do? Oh, I raise pigs. Really, I wasn't sure why I was here. That makes sense. And um, people just stand there and wave flags at her. Plastic flags. Well, it's pretty much the end now. So basically, well, they, they, get... they, try, they, on, they, they think that she's got the bronze, it's a ham, and then the queen <laughs> buggers off and then they all get pissed. Again, very British. You know what? That is the summary. That is much better than the TV summary. They think she has the the bronze. It's a ham. They they all get pissed. Yeah, that, that's, that's all the young UK the, TV yes, play. Yeah, absolutely. That's a brilliant summary. Um, we spent an hour and a half talking about this, but you just got it in one. Um, and of course, they have champagne at the end because they have it's love joy. There's always champagne at the end. Of course, and um, so there should be. And we fi- we discover that Jane because they're like, well, what did you do with the bronze, Jane? And um. Jane gave the bronze to Alistair. Am I she being really dumb? She'd had dinner with the Lord Lieutenant the night before. So the guy that she gave yeah, that the makes sense. to, she'd already had dinner with him the night before and given him the bronze then. Oh, so Alistair And he was going to give it to the lady in waiting. Yeah. Um, and presumably he's already down the night before to, I don't know, okay. set up security. So Jane's giving the bronze to Alistair, who yeah. knows one of the ladies in waiting, the Queen's ladies in waiting. Mm. So... Um, She's aristocracy. So the bronze yeah. is returned to one of the many bathrooms of Buckhouse, we assume. Just love the idea that somebody's just going to be sat on the loo going, oh, well, that looks nice. I mean, I and then, And then the Brodies have also got something that they're going to put in their loo, which is because they've been invited to um, a garden oh, party. Yeah, and they're so excited oh. they framed the invitation. So I feel that's the sort of thing that should go in the loo. Definitely. What I particularly liked about this bit was when uh, Brody said, the guy, Mr. Brody said, if I ever have another day like that, I'm going to have it shot and stuffed. And um, But they've been invited to the garden party. The Bacchus has been returned to Buckhouse. Buckhouse. And uh, everything's back where it should be. But Eric missed, Eric missed the queen, unfortunately. Yeah, Eric fell asleep oh. in the cupboard, which didn't seem... I wasn't sure that that bit correct. was actually the most implausible bit of the whole thing for me, because I just don't think he would have done. He's no, he was excited about the queen. queen. Bless him. Poor Eric. So, Bless yeah. Him. that's then that was the end. Everyone was happy. 
I quite like the new title cards at the end. For yes, the I was going to say they were new oh, yeah. at the end. They were nineties. Yeah. <laughs> it was very nineties. I noticed them as I mean, well. It was the nineties. It's fine. So what would it you give it out of ten? I'd give it an eight point five. I really like this. I'd forgotten how much I liked it. I really, 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 really like it. It was good. It was good. The it's only funny. downside for me was this: the the rand. It does annoy me when there's like pointless plots that don't do anything. Why did you do that plot? Ah. Um, but maybe that's why it's to put you off the scent. You see. But I did really like it. Uh, I think I'm going to go for seven and a half. Well, I'm okay. going to be in the middle of you two and say an eight because say I do eight. think solid eight. So we got it, a... it was implausible and if you looked at it kind of on black and white on paper I'd be a bit like oh come on none of that work that needs working out in the writer's room but actually when it was filmed and I was watching it I was more than happy to suspend my disbelief the dialogue was brilliant the acting was great the direction was really good it hung together really well I didn't mind that it was a bit daft like I know the Queen isn't going to go to a piggery and I know that if she did go to a piggery it wouldn't probably be when the people in the piggery have nicked her bronze like I do know that but I quite enjoy going along I bet she does go to piggeries yeah but not a piggery that would have had her stolen bronze I suppose Yeah, but I quite enjoyed bobbling along for the ride because what a lovely thing to to distract you from the horrors of the world to imagine that the Queen is genuinely upset about a missing bronze and the, the, these It'd people might so not get nice their, in my lavatory for pigs or whatever. Anyway, she so might yeah, do. this is her life, you know. This is what she does. Bless her cotton socks. Yeah. Eight so anyway, me. antique antique of the week, people. A hundred percent the bronze. I love Bacchus. He's my favourite god, um, or Dionysus, or Pan, or however you want to think about him. I was going to. I think this is the first time I've watched an episode, and my antique of the week has been a heavily featured antique like one of the antiques maybe i loved it well i i absolutely loved i love satire anyway Mm. i love reading private eye at the moment i'm watching have you watched um uh the room next door oh is that the guy guy who does the yeah 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 with the headphones at the press briefings it is incredible this is my favorite thing in the world at the moment oh my god oh my god they're amazing It's, there's one that he does with Pretty Patel where he's just going, say sorry, just say sorry. And she goes, well, I'm sorry if you feel but that I we have... haven't. And he goes, no, 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 just say sorry. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. I'll put I'll put a link to um, this oh, guy Michael in the show notes. Brilliant. Put a million so links to Michael And we'll Spicer. text you immediately after we're Absolutely, um, but we. Um, my, but I would. I would go for the political cartoon anyway. That is my uh, antique. Any particular I, I one, like. or just the probably set. the one with the pigs? Mm. Because I mean, and or maybe Topical. a set actually. No, maybe the set because the modern equivalent to that now that we have TV and internet is probably the Michael Spicer clips. But you yeah. didn't have any of that, so I'd go for the set because it mirrors the fact that now if somebody said what what at the moment just sums up what the hell is going on it would because he does trump as well it would be those michael spicer videos so yeah i'm gonna go for the set of political cartoons my antique of the week is eric's phone number oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's brilliant <laughs> yeah that's the best one. <laughs> oh, is it weird that i'm feeling nostalgic i was quite d- one of his jumpers to be honest yeah, I thought he looked so cute. Yeah, mine anyway, is a pre pre phone day phone number that sounded like a mobile number, but it wasn't. wasn't. It's but one wasn't. to remember. Mm. What did we learn? 
but M didn't remember. We learned that M didn't remember <laughs> that the phone number was all changed in 1994, whereas I remembered the T- TV advert from 1994. <laughs> so I learned that I have quite a good memory. Um... Mm. And I learned that you can get a knighthood for services to the pig industry. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a shocker, that one, wasn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I learned? I, I wrote this down, I was so pleased with myself. I learned that you can't put something under a sofa in a bin bag and just hope it goes away, which I think is a strong metaphor for life. How we need to root it's a very, very we profound need to root beneath our sofas life. and pull out the bin bags full of Nick's products. <laughs> we've all, got, we've all got bin bags under our we sofas. We all have bin bags under our sofas. And we need an Eric with a hoover to root them out. One day, Eric will come along with a hoover. <laughs> and yeah. there'll be no hiding Just, anymore. No, can't the bin hide bag. the bin bag forever. Well, on that very profound note... Wait, did Helen learn anything? Um, oh, sorry, Helen. Oh, I learnt, well, I learned that apparently security can be so lax at a Vene- an exhibition of Venetian sculptures in Cambridge that you can just go in there pissed Walk on the cellar or something. <laughs> yeah. Nick one. Maybe I'll that just do true. that one day. <laughs> but now you can't now because you've told everybody. Shit. They'll know it's you. On that note... Thank you very much for listening. Uh, rate, review and subscribe. We've had some new reviews, which has made me very excited. Um, Thank but you, you can... for all your lovely reviews. Thank you for sticking with us till Series 5. What the hell? And you can be a patron. Uh, you go to patreon.com forward slash lovejoy. Actually, you can give us up uh, t- from $2 a month and we'll yeah. share all our bloopers and that with you, which are pretty... Well, we think they're pretty good, but we're biased. But they are pretty yeah. good. We so. are amazingly hilarious. And we're doing... Um, Q&A's as well and we'll prioritise patrons' questions and we're doing the longer versions um, on there. So you've only heard partial hilarity tonight but the <laughs> hilarity continues on Patreon. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so we will carry on into Series 5. We've, we've got some upset to come. I'm aware I've girded my loins. Um, I know, I know. It's alright. Oh, we'll buy a, a um, specially big bottle of Prosecco for that night. Yeah. Might need a cuddle. Yeah, so I hope we'll be allowed, we'll be actually then, be allowed to cuddle. Probably not. By then. No, maybe. When when does it happen? We don't know when we're going to be able to cuddle. Future no, I mean, people listening to this, maybe you're allowed to cuddle people now. Oh, Eric, go. We got a couple of episodes yet. Okay. You're all right. Okay. Anyway, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you soon. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye. My bronze is gone. I'm really missing my Beckus.